Jason, an important holiday happened this past weekend. What's Very that? important. Um, well, it was Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. So I, I hope you celebrated properly. Mm, sort of. I celebrated the American way. I went to a Mexican restaurant and drank a margarita. Oh, yeah? <laughs> we went to El Trito's, but El Trito's in Davis Ed was my favorite Mexican restaurant. They don't serve alcohol there. Oh, well. I So... We what? went. We went to El Cozumel, which is. Oh, I love El Cozumel too. It They're was good. They had a DJ there. He's just bumping beats, and it was just. Yeah. It was insane, and then unbeknownst to me, I order a margarita. Unbeknownst to you, I ordered. It, was, just, just bear with me, and then what, what? What happened was we went to a wedding. My wife and I went to a wedding, and there was a bunch of our friends that we had not seen in a long time. Yeah. And so it was just good to see everybody and hang out. We all sat together at the ceremony. And then we had, after the ceremony, we had two hours to kill before the reception. So what did we do? It's Cinco de Mayo. Let's yeah. go to El Cazamel. Went there. We all ordered margaritas. And then, unbeknownst to me, uh, one of the guys in our crew ordered everybody a shot of tequila. Yeah. So that was my first time trying tequila this weekend. Yeah. So cheers. Hey. <laughs> I did. I had tequila for the first time. A few weeks ago, so one of my one of my coworkers, um, her daughter at the age of thirteen took her life, and um, she just turned. She would have turned twenty one a few weeks ago, and it was on a Tuesday. So my my coworker, she's like, "It's all right for for her birthday. It's Taco Tuesday and <laughs> shots of tequila because she's turned twenty one. So wherever you're at, but it was." Like, I read that thing on Facebook, and I, I just assumed, like, oh, yeah, wherever you're at, take a shot of tequila. <laughs> but people read that literally, and she had so many people show up to her house. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it didn't really backfire. She just made a big party out of it. But, yeah, it's like, you know what? If I'm ever going to try tequila today, it seems like an appropriate time. It's uh, it's okay. Yeah. Nothing to write home about for no. me. I think I'd, I tried to mix it, and it did not taste good. I think I prefer, like, a good a whiskey or bourbon over that, but that just yeah. might be me, my Scottish heritage right there. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so anyway, Jason, would you say that this weekend kind of left you a little bit down and out, a little tired from uh, all the partying from Cinco de Mayo? I am tired. I lost my voice at Jess's roller derby game. Oh, yeah. That's which is right. pretty – can I can I talk about that oh, for a Oh, absolutely. This, this, this is our podcast. I know. But, you know, so Jess's roller derby team, Flint Roller Derby, is has been for a while now WIFTA apprentice. So WIFTA is like the NHL of roller derby. It's the Ooh. professional ranks. Ooh. And they've been – apprentices which means they're pretty much like a minor league team Ooh. and this game this last uh saturday was to showcase to see if they're ready for the big leagues mm-hmm. so they brought in a big team top 200 in in the country and uh flint roller derby held their own they they lost by 10. Oh, my god! And it was a back-and-forth game. So that, that ain't nothing to, in, no, it's not. in roller derby. In fact, we had the lead with four minutes left. Ooh. And to put that in perspective, the last time Flint Roller Derby played downriver, which is this really good team, uh, they lost by over 200. Oh, wow. So, so really stepping it up a bit. Yeah, downriver was pretty ticked off that they only won by 10 because they thought they were just going to come in and just have their way. 
but it, it definitely was a step up. Some of the players on their team, it was like, okay, this, this is what the big leagues are like. So that's good. So what's the yeah. re- what's the result from that? Is that uh, they don't know yet? Your, but when's I, your wife start collecting a check for roller yeah, derby? Yeah, that would be pretty <laughs> rad. It's not. You know what? It's not so much that she'll collect a check, but we get to travel, which Jess and I turn into our little weekend getaways, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And and well, this is part of the busyness that we want to talk about. But yeah. you know, uh, here next month we're going down to Indianapolis. Oh, wow. Going to meet up with Brandon Andrus and Sarah Dismore. Nice. Who, um, do Outside the Walls with Jess. And um, and then late summer, we're going up to Marquette in the in the UPA. Yeah. Eh? That was a really bad accent on my part. Oh, but I lost my voice, and I'm tired. But, yeah, man, a lot of stuff going on. So That kind of translates into what we want to talk about next. Yeah. A little bit. We want to do a little bit of housekeeping up front for you guys. So... Um, if you haven't noticed, the, the episodes have been a little irregular on yeah. on our part, and, that, and we're sorry about that. But that it literally is life getting really busy, and that's why Jason and I have decided what's best for the podcast, what's best for us and our families, is to take a little bit of what's the a sabbatical. Yeah. That's, what, that's what the pastors take. A sapotical. We're <laughs> taking a sapotical. <laughs> Hashtag sapotical. Yeah. So I that's mean, really good. What, what's what's got you so busy? What it, so. Obviously, foster care is definitely adding to. Um, is that a is that like a big change or anything? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a lot of big change because it's 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 taking time away from my wife's schedule and what my wife needs to do, and so therefore I have to come alongside of her and help her as much as I can. Yeah, t- pick up pick up some of the her responsibilities because she's busy doing stuff. My wife. You know, you know, Jason always has this phrase, my wife, Jess, and then you say something awesome about your wife, Jess. <laughs> my wife, Shauna, she's she really is Wonder Woman. She she's pretty incredible. She one convinced me to do foster care. And now she's doing foster care. I mean, she's day in and day in and day out. I mean, apart from putting the babies or putting the baby to bed, like she's really doing most of the work. Um, and so she's doing foster care. She also runs her own business. She's Shauna Ryman photo- Photography. Yeah, and we got to get some pictures done. Hit her up, man. Hit her I up. know it. Um, which the summertime, you know, for photographer friends out there is really busy because it's wedding season. So she's got she's going into photography wedding season, crazy busy. And on top of that, she's taking a she's taking two classes at the University of Michigan Flint. Yeah. So she's doing all of That's those. That's a things. workload, man. And already, you know, it's we're one week into this new schedule, and it's already pretty taxing. So, Jason and I decided that uh, sapotical. Yeah. Well, you, I, you got stuff going on too. You're going to be at Audio Feed Festival. Oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me of the bring thing. down Broadway's release in an EP. Yeah, we have an EP coming out on May 8th. So by the time this episode comes out, you can purchase it at uh, anywhere you can buy music digitally, or if you want to see us at a show. Uh, either we are playing Bloodfest as well on May 26th. That's so rad. And we are also playing Audio Feed Fest on May or on July 7th, which is right around my birthday. So that's is like that, my birthday gift um, to me. Champagne, Illinois? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> I haven't it, gotten all the details I yet. I just right know. I know <laughs> I played, it didn't used to be called Audio Feed. It used to be called uh, used to, Cornerstone. Cornerstone. Yeah. And I played Cornerstone twice back in the day. And just had such a blast. It's I've never been to a big music festival like that where it's like multiple days, but there's a few bands playing that I'm really excited to see. Uh, Silent Planet, which is a 
really favorite band of mine. And then another band called Listener. They do like talking word poetry. Yeah. With music. You guys are going to crush it. Um, It's going to give you guys some. Like, I don't know. For us, it gave us lots of burps. It gave us lots of exposure. Yeah. So Jason and I have all that stuff coming up. So that I think it's wise for us to do that because otherwise you're going to get subpar podcasts. Yeah. I mean, from, from my perspective jess and i are selling the house oh that's right are attempting to so i'm really nervous if any of you guys are prayers out there i would appreciate it because this kind of stuff it it just puts me on edge a little bit but i I think everything will work out fine see this is a thing is it really feels like the timing's right okay I, i don't know why it just does i don't have a plan like if we sell a house next week i don't know where we're going but it the just, Duncans are staying with the Ryman's. Yeah, <laughs> it just feels right. I don't know. That Beyond be, that, that would be fun for like a day or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beyond that, man, nothing's planned out at all. We're just shooting from the hip. And then I signed up as assistant coach to Oliver's baseball team. That's right. And I don't know a thing about baseball. <laughs> you are a soccer guy. Why didn't you plan this better? <laughs> yeah, soccer and hockey. I you know. I just. I felt so bad because so many nine and 10 year old boys signed up for baseball and they didn't have enough coaches. And I was like, for half a minute, it's like, these kids need to play. Like maybe I could just be a coach. And then some a coach stepped in and I was like, he's like, I need an assistant coach. It's like, I'm your guy. I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, that's fine. I just need somebody to help me wrangle kids. You need to get some like beef jerky and stick it in your, your gum. And so you look like you got a big old thing of chaw in there. Well, the you thing, look like super legit. The thing is, is like, uh, the main reason he needs an assistant coach is because if some of the games start early because of his work, he can't make it. So I'm like the stand-in, and I you know, should probably read the rules. might help. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a bunch of baseball movies you should watch. Angels in the Outfield. See, the first I thought of, I lo- that was one of my favorite movies growing up, but uh, Bad News Bears. <laughs> Sandlot. Sandlot, yeah, yeah. dude. So who's I, on first get, which I know you said you didn't like. No, I don't. Don't oh, care I love who's on first Abbott and Costello, man. Yeah. Love to me, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's a play on words, Jason. It's good, clean humor from the 1930s. It's just old. <laughs> That's all I can say. Shush. You shut your blasphemous mouth. <laughs> so Jason, this is what I'm proposing. I'm proposing that if you sign up with Patreon today, cause we have a Patreon account, yeah. right? If uh-huh. you give to Patreon today, you're invited to Jason's house party when he moves in somewhere. Because <laughs> we'll use yeah. some, we'll use, we'll divert some of the funds from my foster care stuff yeah. to you to get a house. Yeah. <laughs> Executive so, decision. Boom. There we go. So no, I was thinking we'll probably suspend the Patreon while we're on oh, sapotical. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good idea. You know, and uh, I guess the other housekeeping thing is is we're not. Uh, I have closed the website. So by the end of the month, it the wasn't getting a ton of no traffic, more. and anything that we need to post on there, we can post on Facebook you know what? and it social got, medias. It got moderate traffic. We had a number of followers on our website. Oh, we did, which I'll post. Yeah, I'll post like an article. Snap. On there. But the thing is, is you know, not an overwhelming amount, and just it's exp- you know, it's another expense for us, and to me, it adds to the workload between us recording these things and scheduling interviews and bringing you guys all the good content uh it's just another thing to my plate yeah and i don't feel like it's getting enough use to justify maybe we'll bring it back in the future 
Or maybe, maybe there'll be something new. I hope some porn site, site steals our <laughs> URL and it turns into something really cool. <laughs> I'm, obviously, I don't. <laughs> That's funny. Don't hope that happens. But That's really funny. I have a feeling as soon as the website goes dark that somebody's going to... Snatch you know, it up. Well, they'll just like sit on the URL and... But it, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But the reason why I bring up Patreon and I bring up all all of those things it, regarding money, yeah, is because we wanted to tackle a, a topic. Because you and I sometimes we'll just tapple, tackle, tapple. Yeah, we'll, we'll tapple them good. We'll tapple a topic with, with our snapple. <laughs> um, we wanted to tackle the topic of giving. Yeah, because like, mo- much like baptism or Lord's Supper or what are some of the other ones that we've done, evangelism. Yeah. All these episodes that Jason and I do where it's just the two of us, like we, we tackle these topics and we really dive in deep and try and explore them a little bit, see where the church has got it wrong and maybe see in a few instances where the church has got it right, I think. Yeah, this can be really off the cuff. Like I didn't prepare any notes or anything. I'm, I just want to share my experience with people because I have done everything when it comes to give. I have given sacrificially. I have uh, given 10%. I uh, have been given a lot of crappy information from the pulpit regarding all of that, and I currently don't give. And mm. had some really know. good discussions with my pastor about that, and do have I, some I, opinions. Do I want to say, I, I don't think I've really given either. I feel uncomfortable saying that. Let's just start the episode. This is not, uh, okay. your, this is not your pastor's giving episode. All right, giving. I like how we said, just off the cuff, no biblical references. And, and then immediately. <laughs> you and I dig into our Bibles. <laughs> That's how you know we're good Christians. Oh, yeah. the Some of the best. Oh, Not pastors, but good Christians. As, as much as we try to be, you know. Anyway. So let's talk about giving. What is giving? When we when we talk about giving, we always talk, you, you know, you think of the basket or a bucket or whatever. Oh, yeah. Pass the trays. Pass the trays around. It's got felt, red felt in the bottom of it to remember the blood of Jesus Christ being shed for you, so give us $100. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a Simpsons episode where uh, they talk about giving with Reverend Lovejoy. And at one point he's like, well, you know, the church could use a new airport. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about the bad news first. Yeah. Let's I, talk. Let's talk church abusing. I would say it's the worshipful experience of giving joyfully. Yes. OK. So. I mean, for me, I have my own personal experience of how I was, that was awesome sounding, (laughs) of how I was kind of misguided with the givens. So here's the the thing. This is going to be a rowdy episode about giving. It's It's, all coming out. The way I was taught, very, very conservatively minded, was that... um, Unless you're not giving ten percent, you will not receive blessing from God. I so that I know the ten percent comes from back with a, Melchizedek and Abraham, right? Yes. And 
I, I get that. I get that. That's where the 10% comes from. I know that the the Pharisees gave 10% of even the spices that they had in their spice cabinet. Yes. I know that. I can't see a good case for 10% in the epistles that Paul writes to the church. Have you heard it's, it's not even 10%? It's more. It's... If you go through all the Old Testament law and you look at all the requirements for giving, they're, they're, they're weekly, they're yearly, they're seven-year offerings. If you go through the Bible and you count them all up, it comes out to like 35%. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, it is, it is pretty interesting. They gave a lot to the church, but the church also provided a lot. You know, they're... Mm-hmm. It, it provide you know obviously I, I have my views obviously, on that obviously, a little bit more in the political realm but and I'll, I'll say no that. Old Testament times obviously the priests took their cut of it you know they lived off of it the the Levites the Levites and there was a number of them but then there was also a portion of it to be stored up for food to provide for the poor there there was there's a lot more to it um, than just paying the salary of the church staff mm. but that's Maybe not what you hear today. Nope. Creflo Dollar needs that new 747. <laughs> <laughs> he needs it. How else is he going to get to Los Angeles from Georgia? I think he's Georgia. I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, I hear, I feel like the church that I went to, again, I went to a very conservative church as well, but I mean, I feel like we different. were different. It's different. different. It's yeah, definitely sure. different. Um, we were a very small church, and our church was very honest about the numbers, I feel like. That's one of the things I loved about it. It was like, this is how much we got last week, and this is what our bills are. I mean, apart from the church uh, debate over one or two-ply toilet paper, we were pretty <laughs> pretty good with our finances, I feel like. We, you know, we weren't a huge church, and every dollar that was given pretty much, because our pastor, uh, he worked. He didn't get, he didn't get a... Uh, a salary for the vocational. Yeah, he was bivocational, which so. I am a huge fan of. Yes, so I, think, I automatically I, think I don't know that man. I don't know what he preaches, but amen to him because I'm sure he's doing his best for the Lord wherever he's at, and he's supporting himself, and he's supporting a ton of people. Yeah, so. I, feel I say like, that I even if like... he's supporting ten people, he's supporting a ton of people because he has a multi generational effect. Yeah, I, I feel like so like I, I don't have as many stories, firsthand stories of churches abusing the the worship act worship act. And I think that's that needs to be said. That needs to be said at the top of this episode. When you give, it shouldn't be something that you're like, Oh my gosh, this is like another bill that I have to pay. Yeah. If this is a worshipful act. You should you should be able to give joyfully. Absolutely. Like that, when, that is one of the commands, right? That's what Paul says in Corinthians. I can remember a story. Um, Joyfully, sacrificially, and what else? I feel like there's one more. I know it's those two for sure. And um, continue. I'm sorry. I interrupted so you. So I, I have I have a story. Okay. I'm sure we have lots of stories. Story away. So. We're talking about money. Money's important. I can think of one of the times that I have gave in my life as a Christian where I've, I've really felt like this was a true joy and I know this is going towards the furtherance of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I was in 
I was in a really bad shape. I was I was living in a a house where I couldn't afford to heat the house because it was just so drafty. It was my old farmhouse I lived in in Lapeer. Yeah, I've been there. I saw it. It was drafty. It was every five weeks I paid five hundred dollars to get my propane filled. Probably haunted. Possibly. You didn't go in the basement. I would not. It's was that dirt floor? Dirt floor. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not stone. going down there. Anyway, continue your story. Um. And it was in the middle of the winter, so it was like right in the middle of every five weeks I had to get propane filled. It was five, I remember it was $526 every five weeks to fill up propane. Holy cow. And that was along with the fact that I was buying wood because I was co-heating with a wood-burning stove. Yeah. And I, and I wasn't making that much money. I think I was maybe making 12 or $13 an hour. Anyway, on top of that, my car hits a patch of ice. I slide into a curb, crack my axle, bang up my car in a fierce way, and now I've got almost $1,000 worth of repair that needs to get done to my car. That all sucks, from that dude. one little thing. My grandpa, I sold a gun to my grandpa. That's, yeah. that's how I, I was able to pay for the car. I sold a gun to my grandpa. But at the same time all this is going on, a friend of mine says, I feel like God really told me to give you this. And he gave me money. But the thing was, all of my bills were paid already. So I felt like this money that was given to me needed to be directed towards something else. Uh, yeah. And so I could have kept it because I literally was thinking like, well, in two weeks, I got to pay $526. But I yeah. said, you know what? My auto bills are paid. I think I can get by. This is extra money to me that I don't need. So what did I do? I took that money. It was a friend of mine who gave me $200. Yeah. I turned around and said, this money needs to go to a kid who can't afford to go to camp. Oh, super Christian. <laughs> no. You have your own go to camp, kid, send a kid to camp story. I do. No, I'm teasing, but that that's awesome. But I, I, remember, I remember holding the check in my hand before I put it in the offering bucket and said, I, I, I really could hold on to this because who knows when the next time my car is going to break down. I should put it into my savings account because yeah. I didn't have anything in my savings account. But then I just went, flip. That's the temptation of money, man. It's important in our society. It is. But that's the whole giving sacrificially where you're saying, I'm not going to trust the dollars that are here. Hmm. I'm going to trust God. That's, a, that's huge. I'm not going to trust what, what this piece of paper can provide for me in monetary value. I'm going to trust what the Lord can provide for me. And that is like a test of faith, man. That's, that is huge. That's big. So the church that I um, that I grew up in, we had the, the 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 church pastors themselves, or the ministers as they were called, didn't want to preach on giving, so they brought an outsider to preach on giving because there's nothing tied to him, right? He could say whatever he wants about giving, can get the truth out there in love, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know leave the next weekend. So he taught. Yeah, you know this whole um, oh, what do they call it? Um, I, I can't remember what they called it. But he taught uh, an entire weekend on giving, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, proceeded to give the Malachi challenge. Have you ever heard of the My- Malachi challenge? No. So Sounds the like idea one of those things that dumb churches do. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the idea of the Malachi challenge is you're challenging God. You're going to give 10% and you're going to see how God blesses it. 
I hate that. I hate that and that theology. I hate it. As a young twenty so much. as a young twenty year old with a child and a child on the way, I bit, dude. And we gave ten percent and it emptied us. It empties. I remember looking at my bank account, nothing. Nothing. Not even I get paid on Friday. There are zero dollars. It's Monday. There is nothing to get us to Friday because I took the Malachi challenge and I was waiting for those blessings. I took the challenge and I just assumed that, you know what? I'm going to give 10% and God's going to bless me. You know, I'm going to be driving out of here with bags of cash just flying out of the back of the trunk, you know, because, you know, God's going to bless me so good and God didn't. That sounds like another Simpsons episode reference where Homer got that telemarketing machine and he had a company called happy dude send me a dollar and you'll be happy (laughs) yeah send me a dollar to god and you'll be blessed yeah so that didn't work and i i was facebook messaging the guy who gave the sermon series and i was like dude i am struggling if i stop giving 10 percent, what does that mean and he messaged me back and said, you will not receive any blessings from God. Screw you, dude. That's, that's what I'm retroactively saying, screw you, dude. So I was just absolutely crushed. And, you know, I'll, I'll read Malachi real quick. because Where, where you got that from. Yeah, where he, where he where, got, where he got that from. So Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from the statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have I robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will be will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. That is where the Malachi challenge comes from. You are actively robbing God by not giving your 10%. You give the 10%, and God will bless you bountifully. That's where the challenge comes from. I did it. The challenge did not work because my heart was not in the right place. And then I would say to said guy, man, good thing the house of Jacob has to do that. I'm a Gentile. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. Looking into this text in Malachi, his rebuke against uh, the Israelites, they were giving. They were giving, but they were not giving to the poor. That's where it says, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. So not just individuals, the whole nation Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house for the poor people. They were giving tithes. They were building houses. That's what starts Malachi. They were building up their homes, building up giant houses. They were giving their tithes. They were saying, we were doing everything. We are legalistic and we are 
doing everything that we're supposed to do, except they weren't. They were neglecting the poor. And that was the point of God, because God was saying, you are robbing me. You are, as as New Testament Christians would say, you are not being the hands and feet of Jesus. You are not loving your neighbor. You are not providing for the needy. Instead, you are saving it for yourself. So it wasn't even about robbing God in the sense of you're not giving your contributions, so we can't support missions, so we can't pay our pastors, so we can't support this giant building that we just bought. It was, no, you are not providing for the poor. Give, fill up the storehouses, fill it up with food, give out the food, and I will bless you. Give to the poor. That's what that's what God is trying here's, to say. That's here's the, the thing that I challenge. think is really sad. Yeah, and this is—I think we've we've done enough of these episodes where you and I have dived into a particular topic where it's like we almost need to have apologetics yeah. for bad Christian theology. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? There's a lot of bad teaching out there, and it's like it it it, it burdens my heart, dude. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I did Boss back in the day was because it's like. There's a lot of teaching about men going around. Let's look at what Jesus has to say about men. Yeah. And so like that's one of the re- that's one of the reasons that's one of my I remember our a pastor friend of ours says one of your one of the things that you could potentially be really passionate about and fight for and and move towards to make better is something that really annoys you. Yeah. And bad biblical teaching annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. Like that like I've I've heard stories of churches where it's like they pass the collection plate around, right? To to build upon to to manipulate the text in a way that would leave the listener feeling I need to give ten percent so that I will receive blessing for God and if I do not give ten percent I will be how cursed does that, is anti gospel. How does that work with a like here's here's another thing too. It's it's almost like it's bad theology in the fact that God, like we somehow, and maybe it's an American thing. I don't know what it is. The fact that God needs our money somehow in order to work. Yeah. If he doesn't have our money, then God just, you know, he just dissolves. That's a very, I think one of the things that I've really loved in the past two or three years since, you know, I've been laid off from the church and I've really gone down this path of, I, I want I want a big view of God. Yeah. I want a big God because I don't want a little God because a little God can't help me. I need yeah. a big God. And I feel like, especially after I got laid off from the church and everything that's transpired since then, a big God has come down and yeah. helped me. I want a big God. Guess what? Big gods don't need your money. Yeah. And so that's why I think that teaching is just so just jacked to the core. Yeah. I want to back up a little bit to where you said yeah. we were talking about church budgets. <laughs> Because my church, my old church that we were a part of, uh, they published a church budget until I started questioning it, and then they quit publishing it. (laughs) Because the first thing I noticed was outreach, $10,000 a year. Janitorial services, $35,000 a year. What? Yeah, janitorial (laughs) services, three times the amount of outreach. And so I said to the eldership of the church, I was like, how come we can't have church members clean the clean the church building? And their response to me was, well, we did for a while, but there were so many complaints. So-and-so missed their turn. So, and so we just found it was just easier to hire an outside janitor at a salary of thirty-five grand a year. 
which at the time was more than I was making. So I was like, I'll be your janitor. That's I was going to say, uh, I think that's that's a little bit less than what I make right now. I'll do that. I was like, I will clean your building for 35 grand a year if that's what you are, are going to pay I out actually for was it. the janitor at the Flint building when I was hired on because we we had we went through a time where we didn't have enough money so it was like the we had to let go one of the janitorial crew yeah and then that p- burden was put on me on top of doing all the flint stuff that i had to do anyway go, yeah and no so there was other parts of the the church budget that just that just killed me you know two hundred thousand dollars a year for the building you know awesome you know it's great building whatever you feel obligated that you need a building i hate buildings in general i think they're a giant waste of money um i think there's other ways you can go about it like for instance we rent a movie theater you rent it one of our it's ridiculously cheap it is to rent the movie theater it's it's a hassle because you have to take in gear and set up gear and do gear you could make it simpler if you wanted to i love you phil yeah phil's awesome but you know what? Renting is awesome. You can find spaces for pretty cheap, too. I know of a church in Ohio that meets in a barn. Awesome. You know what? Building paid for. It's done. Somebody owns it. It's a barn. Let's meet here. They heat it. It works. You know? Right. There, There is nothing. There is no physical structure that can prevent the gathering. You don't need something. If you build it, they will come. It's not... It's not like I a went to a church thing. for a summer, a whole summer, and it was it was it was definitely a God thing. Every Sunday during the summer, which you got to think about Michigan. Michigan is the weather's super, like you can't predict it. Yeah, I went to this church in the summertime when I was in between churches, and I just went there with my dad because that's where he was going. Every Sunday, it didn't rain, and every Sunday we met outside because the church couldn't meet inside because they were working on their building that's awesome and so it was like and i remember the pastor got up and said this is the last time we're meeting together outside the the building is finally together and ready to house us all it has not rained one sunday in michigan during the summer that's that's insane and and i i gotta say that that's the hand of god moving. yeah who would who would have ever thought the lord would provide weird <laughs> you know what's crazy about that is my dad planted a church in montrose michigan um in the 80s um about the time i was born and uh there was there was no water on the property no well n- nowhere you know the, the well company came out and surveyed there's no water and so like they were like we're we're kind of screwed and so my dad was like, well, how about we just, we just pray about it. What so, a novel idea. So the, the church members that were there at the time, they just, you know, you know, about to put a shovel in the ground. They got in a circle and they prayed out in the middle of the parking lot. And they prayed for water. And as they finished the prayer i'm not making this up dude there was a huge clap of thunder started pouring the next day they dug for a well in the center of that where that circle was and they struck a well dude and had water you have never told me that story no i haven't man my dad's got so many crazy stories (sighs) like that your dad man i he's got stories man i got not i got so many nice things to say about your dad yeah anyway giving yeah and so, you know, the other part of that church budget that just irked me to the core 
was there was a gigantic $350,000 rainy day fund. No. Yes. You gotta be shitting $350,000 just in, no. just in case. Just just in case. You, let, let, let's and back. that's when can I we, question that. Can we retroactively? Can we backtrack a second? Let's. Yeah. I I want to. I'm gonna be. I want to be next to you You're during that meeting. You're backtracking my backtrack. Yes. Eventually we'll we'll your, have to forge your church. Your church. Old that church. You went to old church. Yes. Church of Christ Church. Yes. Not not saying all Church of Christ are like this. Yes. Just, just, just saying. You know. Jason's church in particular was it in Genesee County? Yes. There are thousands, thousands, three zeros behind the number yeah. of kids that go hungry. I know it. In Genesee County. I know it. And like repeatedly throughout the guy, I don't even care if you like set up like a food pantry or whatever. You could give them the damn money to an organization that's going to feed the poor. Yep. A $350,000 rainy day fund? Yeah. No, 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 no. In case no, the no, building no. needed a new roof or something. No, no, or, no, 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 no. You know, they had to buy a new insurance I know, policy. I know I'm just a 28-year-old or... kid. Yeah. No. Yeah, I was... I call tw- BS. I was in my early 20s at the time, and I was like, what is this? And that's when they quit publishing the budget after that. You know, that that Jason Duncan character, He's he came in here with blue hair... And now he's questioning the budget. We, you know, what we should do? We should stop publishing the budget, and then he won't ask questions because that blue hair dye just melted into his brain and messed them all up. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was, that was, I don't know if anybody uh, at your church ever talked like that. No, they talked just like this. <laughs> spot on. Three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We got to keep that. Uh, yeah. So I took the Malachi challenge. Because I didn't want to be cursed by God. I wanted to be blessed by God and went flat broke, had nothing left. And even tried to turn that into something pious, you know. I made something up along the lines of like, well, I did grow closer to God. Like, because we had no choice because we couldn't afford to go to the movies or anything of that nature. So we started coming to church more often and getting receiving more of the poor doctrine. I think I think Christian and our Christians and our view of money need to change. Absolutely, I think so. Like, like you 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 mentioned, you couldn't afford to go to the movies with your wife. No, nope. what the crap is money spent on your wife? It's investing in your relationship, your covenant that you made with a woman. Yep, that is God ordained and God loving. Who had a child and another one on the way and was suffering through postpartum depression. And I was too busy saying, hey, here's all of our money, church, which is going into the rainy day fund, church, which is supposed to be paying a salary, but you didn't hire anybody, church. Meanwhile, I am dirt poor. I can't feed anybody in my family. My wife's going through postpartum depression, and I am literally dying. And where the hell is God? Because you know what? Malachi said, challenge me. And I'm challenging, and God is not providing. It's this. It's it's just so. I think this is why people lose their faith. Like people, people go through that. People are sold a lie. Yeah, they're sold a lie. They buy into the lie, 
And then when the lie doesn't come true because it's not biblical. It's not the gospel. It's not the gospel in the least bit. So here, here's what the gospel is. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this very much. And I, I've already said this in a prior episode, but I, yeah. it bears to be said again. People that I know and love very dearly in the church went and took their hard-earned dollars. Yeah. Bought clothes and food. Yeah. And just... Some of them even just provided like just some sanity for us, some people just to talk to. Like people gave to my wife and I when we found out we had foster care kids. That's awesome. When one, so like so that, that's giving. So, so when so when you when you enter into the foster care system, you automatically start to get some money from the state of uh, from the state yeah. in order to take care of the kid. That all that stuff is very confusing for me because I don't I don't know that world I don't know anything about it about receiving a check from the state I just don't okay? yeah I'm just saying it confused the crap out of me so for the first oops I slipped a little bit for the first couple weeks of us having the foster care kids we were literally paying for the girls all the expenses out of our pocket yeah and I kid you not it was just such a blessing when. Jason's wife, Jess, would show up and said, hey, I brought you some diapers and some clothes. Yeah. Or when literally moms from just that we haven't even from people that we haven't talked to in forever said, hey, I have a bunch of formula for you. Can I come over and bring it over? I'm like, yes, because formula is just crazy expensive. Formula is so expensive. So like I kid you not. And this is just the church just giving. And I feel like we need to, as a church, get to that point where it's like, we don't so much get, get so, you know, wrapped up in a st- stupid percentage yep. where we just see, Hey, there's a single mom over there that can use some help. I'm going to buy diapers for them once a month or something like that. Cause that's what I can afford or whatever. Yeah. We need to get to that point because what we're doing right now, I don't think is gospel driven. Yeah. Personally. So let me say this, because you, you you said something and it tipped me off. So if you're going to a church right now and you see a single mom who is struggling and you talk to one of your leadership and say, hey, the single mom is struggling, can we help her out? And that pastor, our ministry leader, comes back and says, yeah, she made some poor decisions and she's getting what she deserves. Leave that church immediately. Oh, no. Leave it. And do not go back to it because that was the mindset of some of the people at the old church. Like she must have done something bad to receive what she's getting. Leave that church immediately. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. It's legalism. It's pharisaical. I understand. People make mistakes. People make bad decisions. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. Or at least don't leave, but rebuke. Because that might be more. I I shouldn't have said leave necessarily, but rebuke. Hardcore. Even they might kick even, you out. Even sometimes we go to the extremes, but if they kick you out, you can at least leave with a good conscience. Yes. Like, anyway. Yes. Um, wow. Provide for the needy. Doesn't matter how they got to their needful situation. So, so sorry, you were you were talking. I, I, I kind of want to read a, a, a section of scripture, Jason. If go that's for it. Okay. Because this is something. Let's that, get biblical, biblical. So Paul writing a second time to the Corinthian church. Yeah. In chapter 8 says this, starting in verse 1. I'm, it's going to be a little bit of a lengthy read, but it, Go for I think it. in context... Can you read it as Gollum? No, I'm not going to do it as Gollum. 
I'm all amped up right now. <laughs> Just part of it a little. We want you to know, brothers. <laughs> About the grace of God. You just made so many people happy. <laughs> All right. Okay. Perfect. Starting in verse one. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in their severe test of affliction and their abundance of joy. I, I, abundance of joy in what happened right before that comma. Test of affliction. Yeah. It, it just blows my mind. And their extreme poverty. So that's after the extreme... After the affliction, after the abundance of joy, comes this phrase. Their extreme poverty have overflown in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Yes. So this is Paul talking about a church who is completely afflicted, completely facing the full wrath of first century Rome against Christians. Yeah. And still they're like, hey, there's other Christians out there that need help. We should give as much as we possibly can. Yep. We need to get back to that point because right now it's literally, you know, our biz- biggest expense. And I've sat through budget meetings, dude. I don't. I, I refuse to. I, I won't do so it. So I sat through one. After my first experience at the old church, I don't want to. I don't want to know. But go ahead. I, continue. I'll say this. I sat through a budget meeting, and the pastor legitimately said, our biggest expense right now is building and staff. Uh, yeah. And there's a part of me, and I, I want to, I think this is the Holy Spirit. I think it was honestly the Holy Spirit gave me a cringe in my soul, like, God. yeah. And I thought about that that particular text because obviously in America we we don't have the kind of affliction that churches no, in China do or churches in not India. Not at all. Not even remotely close. We are very wealthy. Very wealthy. even at our poorest. Or I'm even think let's 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 bring it home a little bit because okay. I know sometimes. There are churches in urban environments, yes, that are afflicted in different ways. Yes, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. And what do we do? We have a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar rainy day fund. Yeah, but the thing that 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 blows my mind is the fact that as churches, I I, I know, and I, I, we've we've said this before in past episodes where it's 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 very much more like a corporate structure than a family structure. Yeah. A family, my, I know my family, and I have a really great family. My family would, all of us would pitch in as much as we can if there was somebody in need. Yeah. To the point where it's just, it's just, you know, not wise to do. But we're family. We all, we all, we're all in this together, to quote a popular uh, high school musical song. Yeah. <laughs> From Disney Channel. Anyway, some people will get that reference. I don't even think I get it. I don't get it. Some people will get it. Um, it's bad. It's a bad reference. It's a bad movie. We need to start thinking more familial with our families. Yeah. With, with, our, with the church, I mean. Because this whole idea of giving so you can get something back is ridiculous. Like, that's not sacrificial at all. No. And God loves joyful, sacrificial givers. Oh, man, that Malachi challenge is such BS. 
Like, it's so bad. But, right, all the instances of giving in the New Testament, what are they giving to? The New Testament church. Mainly the, the poor? The poor and the needy. Yes. They weren't giving to establish a building or make a building because we are the temple. There was no need to resurrect a new temple. We are it. Now, I understand we have buildings because it rains and whatnot, but their whole their whole purpose was to give to the poor. And they didn't they gave as it was needed. Like they gave it was very situational. Paul collected money for specific situations. Man. We this 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 just I don't want to cuz Jason you and I we're not pastors obviously. No. We haven't arrived. It's not like you and I are like we figured out all of the hidden keys to the Bible and we're like these Bible scholars like we know where the next John MacArthur, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not there. I, w- like, I would rather be the next William Barclay. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. I would. I want to be the next Jesus. Boom. Oh, Jesus too. I'm just kidding. I'm it. just kidding. I am just. Fooled again. I am just kidding. <sighs> giving. So we were talking about giving. Yeah. Man, it's to me, It's it stands out to me, and I think it's because when I worked in Flint, I saw this happen. I saw the church... In, in instances, give beyond them. I don't know if it was necessarily beyond themselves, but they they at least gave because they would they would come to church. They would see like, and I remember this. Oh my! You gosh. saw you saw the widow with her two mites. I did because legitimately. So like real time in real. I remember life. counting the money with a a, a a a former staff member on our church who's a great man we have, yeah. we have said he's a saint we're not, oh, not going to yes. say his name yes he is i remember sitting in his office cuz he was uh the financial officer i don't know what it was official title was i remember counting the money with him and he legitimately picked up two pennies uh, out of out of the envelope from the and i was just like that's the widow giving her two minas yeah. right there and he's just like yep that's what it is is it mites or minas? Is it interchangeable? Uh, maybe. Isn't a mite a bug? I oh, make a, I, I think I thought it was a mina. Anyway, it, two it, pennies. It doesn't. It doesn't. Same matter. thing. But she anyway, had nothing and she gave she everything. She legitimately had nothing and she gave everything. In the midst of Pharisees and rich people making a big scene. Oh, about how much they were. I giving. remember that was one of so like Jason and I have talked about the the pastors program that we used to be a part of. This was one of our sermons. This is one of your sermons that you did that legitimately, I don't care who got up to preach, you blew you blew them all everybody out of the water. So so the idea I came close, but you blew (laughs) it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It just took me 20 minutes, and you got there in three. (laughs) So the whole idea, these Pharisees were getting up and giving money, and what they would do is they wanted people to notice how much they were giving. And right, these are metal coins. It's not dollars. It's not credit cards. It's metal coins. So they put them into a metal container, for lack of you know better words, like an offering plate. We'll just put it at that. Yeah. But they would hold their hand way up high and drop the money in. So as it hit the metal container, it would just make this tremendous noise. So everybody would, of course, you watch them approach. You see, you know, that they're wealthy and they are putting on a show on how much money they are putting in to the offering. 
because everybody's looking at them and they're just hearing the noise of all these coins hitting and they're all just thinking, wow, that man loves God. That man is doing it. That man is awesome. And yet here comes this poor widow up and her shame. She has no big scene to make. She has two pennies. She has no loud noise to make. And she drops both of them in. Just tink, tink. Tink. And they scoffed at her the whole time. This poor woman. What did she do to deserve to be poor? She probably did something awful. She's obviously not in favor with God. Because if she was in favor with God, she would receive blessing. And she is not blessed. She is poor. So she must have some sort of sin in her life to dictate why she is poor and yet here she is giving her last two pennies and as she's giving them she's saying not in these two pennies do i provide for my next meal do i trust in these two coins for my next meal but i trust in god to provide for me and jesus that's gonna be my new giving motto yeah i'm only gonna give two pennies yep (laughs) dude You're an ass, one, because I felt like I was making a great point. <laughs> I totally derailed you. You did. But I love you, though, still. Yeah. But that's the thing is she gave all. And that's why Jesus praised her. That's why Jesus said she gave more. She gave more. And percentage-wise, she gave way more. She gave everything. 100%. She gave all that she had. And if you want any number on new testament giving and how much you should give it's actually a hundred percent oh man it is dude that's the soundbite of the episode right it's a hundred percent if you really wanted to know how much should i be giving new testament standard 100 percent. that's it so i want to talk about give all that you have trust in god i want to talk about something real quick we're we're coming up on an hour on this. That's episode. fine, dude. I got I got a couple more points to make, and then I'm I'm out. I'm, I'm done. Yep. I'm done with this. Um, I heard a story, and I don't know how many people have heard of Dave. Who all hears heard of Dave Ramsey? Oh, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. I've read the books. Um, I think for some people his program could definitely work. I think for other people. Whatever, and I'm not. I'm not saying that his program is the program for everybody. We did Dave Ramsey for a while. It's helpful. We snowballed our debt. I think that's one of his phrases. I keep trying to do it, and it just doesn't work out. I'm like, ooh, there's something else that's shiny and new. Let me buy that. Let me get that 2008 Honda Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, he reminds me. Of, he reminds me of Doctor Phil. Like I, I don't. Know, last time I looked at a picture of him, it's like, oh, he kind of, he's kind of like a Doctor so, Phil. Person. So anyway, he's got a radio program. Yeah, and every once in a while, I'd be able to catch the radio his radio program on my radio driving home from work. And this one guy called in and he said, I'm a pastor of a church. Yeah. We took your principles that you have set up for a, a home um, and applied them to our church. Now this pastor said, we really, you know, we had to tell our missionaries that we couldn't fund them anymore. And we had to kind of backtrack on our, our, a little bit on our giving, but what we did was we took two years, we made a plan, and we followed the plan, and we took two years to pay off all the church's debt. Yeah. And then he said, it's been the greatest experience of our life because now every dollar that comes in, we turn around and give immediately towards the furtherance of the gospel and towards the needy. 
and partnering with people. Yeah. And it's, you know, apart from keeping the building up maintenance and keeping the lights on, every dollar goes towards the furtherance of the gospel in, in those means. That's pretty awesome. And there's a part of me that says, why, again, I, I said this early in the episode, why do we continue to run our churches like we run corporations where they're constantly borrowing money yeah. and then making more money? And then we're constantly taking out bigger mortgages and now like, okay, yeah, now we have the bigger building, but now we, it's not every dollar that we bring in goes towards paying the the mortgage. And now we, the money that we're giving, the money that is going towards paying off a mortgage, it's not going towards feeding the single mother who's just trying to make ends meet. Yeah. That's, that's one of my biggest complaints. I'm going to get a little political, just a little bit political. Okay. I'm obviously a proponent towards how much government spending we do towards welfare. Like I, it's, it's astronomical how much we spend and whether you agree with me or not, I don't, I don't, I, that's besides the point. I'm just making a point right now. Uh-huh. Here's the reason why we do that. We do that because the church has neglected to do the responsibility. Yeah. Because if you go back to medieval times, the government didn't provide that sort of support for its citizens. You know who did that? The church did that. Yeah. Because the church saw the need and the church reigned in there. So when the government started providing that service, the church said, you know what? We don't need to do that crap anymore. So let's get bigger buildings. Let's spend our money in these frivolous ways. And maybe I'm just getting all worked up, but I, I, I legitimately feel that more churches need to do what this church did and said, let's get rid of all of our debt because our debt is literally imprisoning us. Yeah. And we can't give the full amount of our, our tithe, our collection that we take in every Sunday to give towards the needy and those who actually need it. Instead, we're paying for a mortgage. Yeah. Boom. Rant over. Yeah. It, 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 this is why it irks me a little bit coming from the other side of the political leading when yeah. somebody says, I do everything I can to avoid paying as much tax as possible. Well, your your taxes also go to provide for those programs, which ultimately help provide for the poor. And by not paying your taxes, you are neglecting the poor. Now, there's decisions to be made. You didn't have the option. Would you have given to the poor if you kept all your money? Do you give to the poor anyway? You know, what's nice about not paying taxes is you can dictate where your money goes. So you have the opportunity. There's a lot of caveats to that. Right. Like if, if you didn't pay taxes into any type of welfare system, where, yeah. where would that money go? Would it go to the poor or would it go yeah, into what, your bank account? Yeah. What would you do with it more or less? Right. So if you're like, I hate welfare. Well, it does provide something for people. I mean, I know it's state run and that's annoying. And I do think the system's a wee bit broken, <laughs> just in my own personal opinion. But on the forefront, it is money going to provide for the poor. I hate the fact that it's state run and not church run. I just do. I think that, that there's boom another soundbite right there. Yeah, Nic- nicely done, Jason. Too. Hey, thanks. <laughs> hey, thanks there, buddy. So, uh, 2017, I decided I'm not giving the church anymore. Oh my gosh! Yeah, sinner. Now I've done all various forms of giving. I have taken the Malachi challenge. I have given 10 percent till I went broke poor. I have given sacrificially. I've given more money than I have. I was blessed with a really good job, and I gave tons of money. 
You've you've you provided me with this Bell's Brewery. <laughs> Too hard today, all. This yeah. week, today was a hard day for me. And today I, was a hard day for Alex. And Jason came over with a six pack of beer. And thank yeah. you, Jason. And that's that's sacrificial because I don't like beer. <laughs> it is a sacrificial giving. No, I mean I've given a lot of different ways. In 2017, I said screw it, not giving. Of course, I still have all this really poor theological training in me. That in the back of my mind saying, if you don't give, you're going to be cursed. I feel that way a little bit too sometimes. Guess what happened in 2017? What? Six ER visits. Five for asthma. One because my kid's finger got crushed by a rock. Oh, I remember that. Split open. His finger got flattened by a rock. Oh, it's brutal. It's it's all healed. It's a miracle. Uh, The doctor who worked on his finger did awesome because he's like, I don't know if his fingernails going to grow back. I mean, he flattened the nerves. I don't know if he has feeling in it. I mean, his finger is all but toast. My, my precious little four year old boy. Mad respect Rex. (laughs) Just being a boy playing with rocks slipped and fell. The rock crushed his finger and sliced it from the tip all the way down to the base of his finger and just destroyed it. Bone hanging outside. Brutal. That happened on the same day my other son, Gunner, was in the hospital. At the very time, he was throwing up all of his meds because his body was rejecting him for his asthma. Fun day. Also Mother's Day. That was a year ago. Oh, man. We call that, we uh, yeah, that was the Mother's Day to never forget. The worst Mother's Day ever. It was. I feel... Yeah, it was it was terrible. That year sucked. So many bad things happened. And here in the back of my mind, I'm like, here it is. Not getting the blessing from God. Medical debt. I have good insurance. You know, I have a thousand dollar deductible, which is really good these days. My previous insurance was a five thousand dollar deductible. That's outrageous. With a ten thousand out of pocket max. A lot of people still have insurance like that. This was a five thousand dollar out of pocket max. Plus the ER doctor's billing and everything. And the whole idea for me to stop giving in 2017, and I told my pastor this, which he was on board with, believe it or not. I was like, dude, I'm giving this money, but I'm also racking up credit card debt. So it's obviously not sacrificial. It's not sacrificial. You're spending somebody else's money. I'm, sp- I'm spending somebody else's money. So it's not really coming from the heart, even though I want it to, I mean well with it. I do think God is using it, even in my human error. But if you are giving and also racking up credit card debt, stop. It's it's stupid. It it means nothing. Like, I'm not saying God can't use it, but just like the Dave Ramsey thing that you talked about, which I've read his books, he still holds the 10% thing. He's a little old school in that fashion. A lot of really good tips in his books. So that's where, that's where I land on Dave Ramsey officially. Great, great guy. Um, don't agree with everything he says. Same way I feel the, a lot about the idea of else. like if you're if you have debt, you're not spending money. You, you the money's not coming out of your account. It's coming out of somebody else's account that you're going to have to turn around and pay interest on. Uh, yeah, and I'm just saying it's not truly 
sacrificial. Right. I guess you could. I guess you could make arguments for. I guess it's more sacrificial because I'm paying more to give it. Like, I don't know. I guess you could argue me with that. And please do send us an email. Send Reach us out an to email, us on Twitter. And then Alex Ryman will send a Gollum voice of you saying, "You're dumb." <laughs> Go on Facebook. I don't care. Rant away. I'll be glad to to answer anything that's coming my way. I'm always open to learn. So, but anyway, all year long, I'm like, these. this is the curse. This is the, I'm being damned. I mean, Malachi talked about it. I'm receiving the curse. And even though I know that's false teaching, that's bad teaching, this is what's happening. You know what happened at the end of the year, Alex? Hmm. What? November of last year, at the end of the year, one of Jess's friends works in the ER and she goes, hey, there's this charity um, that's helping people pay their medical bills. And I was like, yeah, I've seen a thousand of these. I make way too much money for them. I, I just, you know. They try and help out lower income families. Yeah. And w- when you're middle class, you fit, you hit this nice sweet spot where you make just enough money not to qualify for any help or aid. Right. Um, so I was like, oh, whatever. We'll, we'll throw in an application. And we did. I sent it in. That charity picked up 100% of the tab. <sighs> And did I not receive blessing from God? Is that not blessing from God? Uh, That is literally the gospel. I owe a debt and God paid it for me. A charity stepped in and paid my debt for me. I owe nothing. Game, set, match. It's done. I owe nothing. I'm I'm God scot-free. Like, that's the gospel. That's the gospel message. You owe. You deserve to face whatever consequences you do, but I love you and I'm not going to allow that to happen. And I'm going to step in. I'm going to pay that debt for you. And that's exactly what happened to Jess and I. You know what? I agree. It is the gospel. You know what? You have, you have my blessing. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I want people to know so badly that you, if you're not giving, you're not cursed. Okay. You can give, tons of money and it not mean anything because it doesn't come from a pure heart. It doesn't come from joy. It doesn't come, uh, sacrificially. You can give a lot of money and it means nothing just like the Pharisees did. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary either. It doesn't have yeah. to, it doesn't have to be folding dollars and bills and in coins. So I want to, I want to tell people what giving looked like us for that year when we weren't giving financially. Go ahead. A whole giant minimalism kick where we got rid of so much stuff and gave it specifically. We gave a crib to um, the Crisis Pregnancy Center. They do such good work. They do good work there. We gave that crib. That crib was worth 300-something dollars. I could have sold it. I could have said, hey, I need some money to pay some medical bills. But I said, you know what? My buddy Alex had this awesome idea. Why don't you give it to... Was that my idea? That was your idea. I think you I'll, mentioned it on this podcast. I, I think I, I need to go back and listen to that. I don't even remember which episode, but you're like, hey, give it to the Crisis Pregnancy Center. And we did. Always use it. That's sacrificially. I needed that money. Gave it sacrificially. I gave a guitar. I needed money to pay medical bills. Instead, I gave my guitar to our church to send kids to camp. Boom. And it sold for double the price. We talked about that on the podcast. I thought, I know guitars. I know their value. A Mexican made Tele 1972 
reissue the wood grain worth 500 bucks all day long i could not sell the thing sold sells at auction at our church for 1100 bucks and sends four kids to camp boom gave sacrificially and we gave um a ton of our stuff to the salvation army which is an organization i volunteer at as a parachurch type deal i have preached and spoken at i have gone to the homes of uh the salvation army where poor people stay where drug recovery addicts stay and that's where your donations go it helps employ those people it's and it's it's a majority of your money goes towards that too because yes yeah Yeah, when you donate an item to salvation army it goes to those charities like almost like it's in the 90 90s yeah, percentile of how much money goes back into the ministry to to provide. Yes, and if you are volunteering at those ministries and you see what it's providing, you will give everything to the Salvation Army, I promise you. And I won't give to Goodwill anymore cuz no, they're a for Goodwill, profit. Yeah, they make profit off of it. Obviously, you know, so do, do some, some business, re- do some research, but there are lots of ways to give. You know, instead of selling your stuff to make money to help pay for stuff, say, you know what, I'm going to trust in God and I'm going to trust in him to provide for me because he's my ultimate source of provision and God, and I'm going to obey him because God says, seek the kingdom, which give to the poor, give to the needy and the rest of the things will be given to you where uh, I think that's Luke chapter 12. Um, you can look that up where he's saying, don't worry about your clothes or your food. God knows that you need these things. He knows that the whole world needs these things. Instead, seek the kingdom first, give to others, and God will provide at the very least those basic needs for you. There, there's a phrase. There's been many times my wife, you know, I'm sure most married couples have gone through this where they they sit down and they go over their finances, right? Yeah. And I'm and, there, man. And every year, I kid you not, Jason, I go, how in the heck does this work? It doesn't, dude, but it, it does. does. It, it doesn't, but it does. And one of the things I've always said to my wife is, has not God provided every year of our marriage so far? We've yeah. only been married for five years. We've been married for a long time. And our thir- 13 years since 06. What's the math on that? It's 2018. It's just 06. shy of 13 years. Okay. It's 12 years. Yeah. But the other day I'm cleaning out stuff because we're getting ready to move. And I find all my old W-2s and I see how much I made for the year. And I remember the medical bills and the mortgage payment. And it's How? How did we do it? I, honestly, I don't even know how we did it. My wife and I constantly say, how in the heck, when we first moved to Flint, when we first moved to Flint, both my wife and I had car payments. Yeah. And I legitimately, I took a huge pay cut because I said, you know what? I think I think God is having me uh, work at a church. So I'm going to stop <laughs> doing carpentry and work for a church and make $25,000 a year. Yeah. Working for a church. You just brought up a whole other topic for a whole other episode. Uh. And I, we literally look at, because we're in a better financial state definitely right now than we were before. Yeah. And we don't have carpet. We only have one car payment because we just bought yeah. that, that sick 2008 Honda Odyssey. 
for the kids. And we look back at our finances and say, how the heck did that work? Yeah. And the only only answer I can give is God blessed us. And all we did was we were smart with our money. We gave when we could. Yep. And most of my money when I worked at the church did not go directly into the pockets of the the CFO, the chief financial officer yeah. of our church. It went towards going to Meyer and buying food because I had a Bible study that I ran after the gathering on Sunday afternoons. Yeah. To So the people that came there had dinner because most of them – because one of the things that we did at, at the Flint Church when I worked there was – we provided dinner because our church service, our Sunday church service was at 4.30. So it would go from 4.30 to 5.30. And most of the people that would, if they were coming from one of the drug recovery homes or whatever, they would miss their dinner to come to church. So what did we do? We provided dinner for them. Yeah. Because how dare we make them miss one of their That's meals awesome. of the day. Dude. And when the church said we can't afford it anymore, I said I'll pay for it. Yeah, and you took the Malachi challenge, the real one, where you provided food, where you built. But up at the, the same storehouse. time, I'm like, I had a mortgage, I had yeah. car payments, we had school debt to pay. How in the heck did that work? And I kid you not, God provided for us. I don't know how it worked; it just worked. Yeah, and that gives me great comfort to know that our God, again, big God. We serve a huge God who's just amazing. God provided for us every step of the way. That's awesome. Okay, let's wrap this up. Okay, tips, wrapping it up. Tips for giving. Tips for giving. If you have a guitar, send it to Flint, <laughs> Michigan. Jason and I will inspect it and see if it's suitable to be sent out for okay. further use of the gospel. How much should people give? Um, I feel like it shouldn't be it, not necessarily a number. But maybe what's the thing that what's the thing that you feel led to give towards? Yes. Maybe that's maybe that's the thing. So like one of the things that my wife and I have thought about, especially now that we've entered into this foster care yeah. realm, in what way can we give towards foster other foster care parents because they need help? Yeah. And maybe that's our thing. Maybe that's our thing that we give to. So it's not necessarily not necessarily a dollar amount. And my wife and I have like baby baby fever like crazy, so it's like yeah. somebody's having a baby. Can, can we give you some damn diapers? <laughs> like, because we know you need diapers. Yeah. It's gonna it's a, it's a need. So I feel like it's for me. I I think tip number one is what's the thing that you're going to give towards, yeah. and, and the dollar amount doesn't matter. Yeah. What what do you got? I would say, I would ask, I would ask God. I would ask oh, yourself. We'll definitely start. Yeah, there. I'm gonna Jesus juke you, Alex. <laughs> Juked me bad earlier. <laughs> um, how can you just be a blessing on someone? So, and more often than not, you will find somebody in need. Believe it or not, and you can help provide for that person specifically. And you know, get it's not weird. All right. I know a lot of times people might have that notion like, well, it's just kind of weird to give people some money or some. No, it's not. Like if you find honest people in need, like it's weird at first, but as the recipient of money from just people saying legitimately, 
Jesus told me to give you this money. Yeah. Like, I've had people come up to me and oh say that. Oh my gosh, dude. There was a time, another story. There was a time where um, our church used to meet around tables instead yep. of in pews. And I asked people at my table to pray for me because I was struggling. I was going on a missions trip. I had no money saved up. Um, I um, had another medical bill hit, two and a half grand. I had um, a error on my tax return, two grand. So I'm now supposed to go on this trip and I'm staring at four and a half thousand dollars worth of debt. And no Crazy way, time. no how. I asked people to pray for me because I was in desperation. And I didn't tell them value amounts. I didn't tell anybody in this group how much. I just said, I need help. I got medical bills. I've got uh, error on my tax return because I was an idiot and used TurboTax and filed it wrong. And um, somebody sent $1,000 cash unmarked in the mail to me. This is crazy. Yeah. A thousand dollars. I literally a thousand dollars came in the mail. hundred dollar bills. And, um, I talked to the hospital and they said, you know what? If you can pay 10% of this now, we'll wipe out the rest. Boom. 10% on two and a half grand. Yes, thank you. Paid it. Uh, went to the IRS the next day. Met this awesome black lady there who just brought me so much joy because I was hurting. And had this awesome conversation with this black lady I will meet someday in heaven. Who just gave me so much joy and so much comfort. And she's just saying, don't worry. The Lord will provide. And... um she was just awesome. She's just one of those people that just made you instantly happy. Hmm. And I was in a bad spot. I was worried and I met her and it was just, she was an angel. And then I get up to the IRS agent or whatever. And she's like, Oh, this is a simple fix. This is no big deal. You don't owe anything. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome considering the government always wants. Something. So day before I was negative four and a half, thousand dollars and then a day later after some prayer i was positive a thousand dollars which i in turn gave to somebody else boom dude i didn't keep it gave it to somebody else who was in need like so yeah yeah i guess for me it's not so much the dollar amount no it is not the dollar amount what are you giving it towards what is it what is it be intentional be intentional. I think that's the other thing. I remember we had like a... Uh, don't give blindly. Like, don't... Like, it's the lamest thing in the world to say, I'm gonna... Dude, I, I feel so stupid even saying that because God can use anything you do. Like, he can. And he will. And he does. And all things work together for God's good. So I'm a moron. I apologize. But if you're just giving blindly, like, here's my 10%, just take it... Uh, and you're not joyful about it. You're you're bitter. Quit giving. Don't be bitter. Like you're not supposed to be bitter. Figure if it's not sacrificial, out. you know what? That's another thing. Like you you should be giving in a fashion where you could say, you know what? I could use this money for myself, Lord, but I'm entrusting you to take care of me. That's the main message of giving, in my opinion. Hmm. And, um. 
as far as God providing for you, um, first of all, you are not cursed. You are loved. God loves you dearly. And God will provide for you. And I, I would take that a step fa- farther and say God has already provided for you and his son. I'm going to Jesus juke all of you because the greatest provision that could ever be made has already been made for you. And rest in that. Take comfort in that. Give to those in need. And you know what? A lot of churches are doing a lot of great things. Mm -hmm. I know our church, I don't know if they do it anymore because I quit giving. Um, (laughs) uh, I... to say I quit giving is, is a lie, too. We give in different ways. But you could give specifically to different areas of the church. So, you know what? Some people feel very inclined to give to the pastoral staff. And that's awesome. That's fantastic. They, I've been in the recipient of that. They need that. That that's That's awesome. You know what? They're working hard. You know what? They... It is awesome for them to receive that blessing. They'll be happier. They'll smile more when they preach. It'll be great. <laughs> and uh, I was going to say something else, but I completely forgot. No, dude. That's... I might be going in circles here. No, I just that's, want, that's I, good. I just want people to trust in God and know that they're loved, regardless of the dollar amount they're giving. Let's take a quick break because I literally can't hold my pee any longer. Okay. I literally can't hold it. I, I mean, I mean. Is this still recording? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, you feel you feel a little bit better after that little bladder burst we just both had? Absolutely. So Jason, I, man, I got ranting. We Alex said I had to pee so bad. You just you literally peed in a corner of your basement and yep. I ran upstairs just because I didn't want Sean to be mad at me. So I 
I grew, I grew up in the woods, so I can literally pee wherever I, I feel. Yeah, corner of your basement, you I f- know, where I feel like front I lawn, can. wherever. Let's ra- let's wrap this up, dude, because it's late. I want to go home. Yep, absolutely. So, Jason, we're on the social medias. I feel like we don't even need to say this anymore, but just in case you're a new listener and you thought that Jason and I have been living under a rock for the past few years, we are on Facebook. Yeah. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on all of those. We don't have a website anymore. That's nope. going away. Yeah. And that, I think that's for the better. Yes. Um, we're going to save some money in the long run. Um, but can I, can I make a plug real quick? Um, you can you can make a plug, but I want to say something about what's coming out next week or the week after. Okay. During our busy. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make a quick plug for bringing down Broadway. Yeah, dude, your band. Uh, our EP came out this past week on May 8th. So by the time this episode airs, it's already out. It's already digitally available. So please go check us out. And when you support us, you support five white guys. <laughs> Who are trying to make their high school dreams come true when they're in their 30s. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan of metal, seriously, you guys, it's awesome. So, yeah. That's the tagline right there for our album. Make five white guys in their 30s yeah. come, dreams come true. Support these dreamers, everybody. You want to give to something, give to Breaking Down Broadway. Five bucks is all yeah. we require. Yeah. Anyway, Jason, what, what were you going to say? No, I just want to say next week or in the weeks to come or whenever I'm so stinking busy in the middle of selling the house and everything, um, when I get to it, we recorded last week an awesome conversation with our very dear friend about racism. Ooh, Justin Cooper. Yes, who came on the podcast. Who black, is, he's black. black. He's black, black dad, white mom. And received racism on both sides. And dude, I was just thinking about, he told a heartbreaking story. Like crushed me. Almost cried while he's saying it. And then we laugh and then we we make some good points in there. But probably some dumb points because we don't know everything there is to know about racism. But I I think at the end of the episode, and this is the thing I want to point people to. Because the end of the episode, I think we, we tie it all back to the gospel. And I think whenever we have these episodes where, you know, it's, you know, kind of a little bit heated, a little bit, you know, going to step on some toes, going to step on some toes. The best remedy for toes that have been stepped on is the gospel. Yeah, we don't get everything right. We, we make a lot of mistakes, but. I, but I think the conversations are important. The conversation is important. This conversation on giving is important. Yeah. I'm sure we said some stupid stuff in it. I'm sure I'm going to listen to it 10 years from now and be like, that was moronic. I should have gone back to the Malachi challenge. <laughs> no, I, I, I shouldn't have bought Alex those two hearted nails. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, you don't know everything. And, hey, we're not pastors, so no, so, and we're yeah, not your we have, pastor. We have no responsibilities whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, That's so I was wrong about something, Alex. Yeah, the stinking Las Vegas Golden Knights. NHL hockey club. Yep. First, I, first year in. I thought they'd be out in the first round of the playoffs. They're not? They stinking are in the Western Conference Finals. They are? Who are they going up against? To either, well, um, I don't know if it's over or not. Either Nashville or Winnipeg. Um, so Nashville has always been my favorite Western Conference final team. It, yeah. it was the Wild, Minnesota Wild, but now it's in the Nash- Nashville Predators because 
I visited the city of Nashville. It's great. Yeah. I love Nashville. So I have switched sides. Obviously, my, my diehard team is the Detroit Red Wings. I, I kind of want – yeah, I know. That's that's our – but they suck right now, so deal. Um, <laughs> Winnipeg, dude. I feel like that's where I need to give my money to. <laughs> I like – yeah, we need to give our money to the, to the Red Wings. Holy crap. Oh, they suck so bad. Yes, they do. Oh, they're not even. It's it's really bad. But anyway, Winnipeg, dude. Their fans, their fans are awesome. Mm. Have you ever seen a Winnipeg whiteout? No. That's where all the all the fans in the crowd wear white, and it is this. Pittsburgh tried to steal it when Winnipeg wasn't a team Get anymore. Out of here, because Sidney Crosby, yeah, punk. I mean, the history of Winnipeg. You know, poor little Winnipeg, Canada, Canada. 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 Yeah. Um, which Sorry, the we- Dan Taylor. If you know, like, the Weaker Thens, the band, you ever hear them? No. They're from Winnipeg, and they have a song called I Hate Winnipeg, <laughs> and it's priceless. But, yeah, they, they, the NHL moved the team out from underneath of them, sent them to Arizona, and then finally went at Atlanta. Arizona? Yeah. And then and then to Atlanta, because they nope. were the Atlanta nope, Thrashers. No, there's still a team in Phoenix. They planted a team in Atlanta, which flopped again for the second time. So NHL history, dude. I know way too much about this. Um, and I don't want to bore people. But the Atlanta Thrashers then moved north to Winnipeg. And Winnipeg got a second chance at a franchise. Just like God gave us a second chance through wow. his son Jesus to wow. have a relationship and reconciliation with him. Wow. Winnipeg got a second chance, and I just want them to win. So, I mean, Nashville will get their shot, but I, I'm rooting for Winnipeg. Okay. And so, who's... That was a long rant that a lot of people tuned out. So, let's let's say our teams that we want to win the Stanley Cup this year, and both teams, let's wish them a Not Your Pastors podcast keep your stick on the ice encouragement award what what team do you want to win the stanley cup mm, i'm going to say i want to see the winnipeg fans get a cup you know i'm going to say the tampa bay lightning what i, I want the tampa bay lightning to win but to winnipeg into the Tampa Bay Lightning. Boys, keep your stick on the ice.